Fitchless Bride and Beyond. What's going on? I got Carrie Tabaski with me. <laughs> Yay! Yay! And not that Carrie isn't my everything the whole planet, like you don't even know. But Nathan Venn, woohoo! But Nathan Venn will be here with us and recording the next three episodes after this one. So if you miss Nathan, if you've missed me telling him to shut up, because I miss saying shut up, Nathan, then he will be here for the next three episodes. Anyway, today I'm super excited to introduce I have Kim Miles with us. Yay! Woohoo! Yay! So I need to tell you a little <laughs> bit about Kim. And then I will tie it kind of to the topic we had last week, which was in vitro fertilization and kind of all the things that go with it or don't go with it. So Kim is super fabulous. Like I've met her. I loved her. I've played with her. Um, She's super sought after. She's a successful businesswoman with a vibrant financial advisory practice, which is just astounding to me. I know. It's kind of bizarre. I mean, seriously, because you use both sides of your brain. I know. Um, I know. Unicorn. (laughs) Total unicorn. Uh, More than 25 years of sales experience, a background in performing, which you'll see, Uh, and and a serious shoe habit, which is something we connected over. Um, She's a catalyst for conversation and can start and focus critical dialogue like no other. Through her company, Miles and Heels Productions, Kim is an incredibly popular MC, panel moderator, and creative collaborator. Her clients are the Massachusetts Conference for Women, Babson College, Wellesley College, Women's Bar Foundation of Massachusetts. Um, she is just, she gets around. I, I mean, really get around. In, a non, in the best way. Not in, the I was going to say, not You're the right. worst way. That, exactly. was our, that was our youth. We don't have to, I'm not apologizing <laughs> for that. Um, no the, judgment. The neat thing is, is that I actually met Kim at an event she was emceeing and introduced myself to her after the presentation because I knew we needed to collaborate uh, on something together. But actually, that's not why she's here today. I mentioned last week that we're going to continue our conversation around in vitro fertilization, IVF, and the stories that go along with it. And when Kim and I were together the last time, we found that we are both IVF warriors. And so I wanted to share her story, kind of the other side of it. Um, she is, it's a, kind of like a point of reference, reality, grief, empowerment, and the ever after. And well, I have absolutely no doubt that you'll be entertained during this conversation. <laughs> Only we can make infertility fun. and Yes, right? Oh, yes. I was going to say, you're yeah. going to say, I had to introduce myself to Kim I mean, because she was so funny <laughs> during the conference I was at. And all my friends are like, Debbie, you have to go meet her so we can go and have drinks with her. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give her my card. I'll, I'll, I'll be right back. But anyway, I'm hoping that the takeaway from today's podcast will be one that inspires you to let go of what you think you need or want and thrive on whatever outcome you are given. Oh my God, I love that so much. That's like at the heart, that's at the essence of it. Right, truly. that, that yeah, truly is a thing. Sure. I'm, <clears throat> I'm really, I, I, listen. And, <laughs> oh, 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 <clears throat> I'm <laughs> I mean, I'm going to shut up. So, but for you, Brideys and Beyonders, turn it up, listen. And again, please share if you want to email me at hello at Bitchless Bride. If you have your stories, we really do want to hear them and we'll share them and talk about them. So, Kim, thank you so much for being here. Are you kidding? This is my honor. And I love, first of all, I love just collaborating with other kick-ass women. So thank you for both for having me. Thank you. Um, but I do love how we met because I think it really proves, you know, you got to go out, you got to get out there, you got to go to conferences, you got to meet people. The fact that you stormed up to me and you were like, <laughs> we need to be friends and I feel the same way. And I'm and I love real- your fucking shoes. Oh, I think yes. that was I think that was one of the things that came out of my mouth. Yes, Queen. Um, <laughs> I do love this topic because it it's it's something really near and dear to me. And I think what you just said is so important, which is people have to 
no matter what the outcome was, you have to learn more about this, be more educated about it because you have to learn how to navigate the conversation with people. Absolutely. Yes. And that and I think that's a hard part. I mean, so and I look at you and go, "Okay, you're this incredibly accomplished career woman. You're a leader." Uh, and like I said, a, a fellow IVF warrior. So I want to know a little bit about how you started, what happened. I mean, obviously you're like, hey, I can't get pregnant. Or what's your story? Because, I mean, not to ruin the ending for you, Kim does not have children. I do not. And that is also Spoiler something- alert. I know. Spoiler. <laughs> She's got a lot of money because she doesn't have children. And she buys shoes. <laughs> and she buys really good shoes. And all my babies are shoes. And you know what? Sometimes I'm jealous. And you, you know what? You're not the first person to tell me that. <laughs> so tell um, me your story. Yeah. So basically, in a nutshell, it kind of goes like this. So I got married later in life. And... Um, way back when, when I was having my shoulder operated on, uh, the anesthesiologist had told me that I had had an enlarged thyroid. And so I was always taking blood tests and everything was fine. But he had said, you know, you probably want to get that sonogram to make sure everything's okay. And I kind of ignored it because the blood tests were always normal. So, And it was another thing to do. It was like, like yeah, I just, who couldn't really yeah. put it on the list? So I ignored it. Um, but then when I got married and then when we were trying to get pregnant because we were older, so we were trying to kind of fast track it, I said to my husband, you know, I was supposed to have this thing sonogrammed. And before I get pregnant, I think it would be a smart idea to get a baseline just sure. in case, because my body's going to change. Smart. So yeah. I said, let's just be proactive about it. And I did. And I mean, you want to talk about all hell breaking loose. I mean, like the next, the, the same afternoon or the next day, I got a phone call from the doctor and they were like, do not pass go, do not collect $200. Go and get that biopsied immediately. Oh, shit. Uh, you have a very large nodule on your thyroid. And um, I, I went straight in, I got biopsied and it was, it was cancerous. I had oh, uh, papillary cancer of the thyroid. There's two kinds, it was papillary and medullar. And the one to have, quote unquote, my air quotes here, <laughs> um, the one to have is papillary, which I did. And here's the thing about, you know, thyroid cancer. It's one, of, I think it's like the second most curable kind of cancer. Um, so, you know, in that regard, you know, if you if you got to get it, <laughs> that's the if one. you got to get the big C, kids, like get that one. And then if you're going to get thyroid, like get papillary. And then see you next um, Tuesday. This is like a cancer. P- <laughs> this is like a public service announcement for papillary cancer. Oh, go get checked. Um, right. So anyway, um, it, it came out and the thyroid totally came out. And then I went through this whole big thing. So the, the, the point, the moral of the story is. I went from trying to get pregnant to the doctor saying, do not under any circumstances get pregnant oh, because you've got to become cancer free. You've got to go through all these insane oh procedures uh, first. You've got to drink radioactive iodine. You've got to oh be quarantined. God. You got to, you know. Your life's going to be living hell. Right? So I lost years. I lost uh, years of, of fertile years. I lost them. So when I finally got the green light to get pregnant, I was old by getting pregnant standards. Can now, I ask? Look, for sure. But I want to be clear because this is going to go to a lot of people. I know women are having babies way into their right. 40s now. And God, God bless you and God love you. Um, but we all know that, and as the podcast the other day talked about, your yep. reserves, they just, it goes down. Depletes. Okay. Yeah. So we were talking, I was 39, 40, 38, 39, 40. And 41, I think, when I was trying this. So we were we were up there. So your eggs, and what we learned from last week, so the quality of your eggs Correct. weren't as great as they would have been if you started before the cancer. Correct. Okay. I mean, just point blank, yeah, right? Yeah, point blank. So, you know, we did all the tests and everything, and we went through three rounds of IVF. Ugh. And you have to understand, like, I'm married to this most, um, an amazing man 
whom I love dearly. He's this big, beefy, sort of football player-y kind of a guy. Aww. He's like a big bear, and he hates needles. <laughs> I well, mean, good thing he wasn't having to give it to himself. Well, he had to give it to me. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it just was, it, God bless him, right? And so for three rounds of this, and all the mood swings and the hormones and oh, what uh, you talked about, and, you know, my body wasn't my own, and I was like, I was such a bitch. And, it was and like, everyone so, in the world has seen your pussy, ra- and, like, uh, well, it's just a... Yeah. Holla, holla. So I'm not talking about your 20s, Carrie. Basically, base, moving <laughs> on. Uh, <laughs> basically, I, I talk about my uterus as being like its own tradable commodity. There's like more money. It's my own retirement plan, like the golden, golden uterus. The golden uterus project. Um, a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of energy sunk sure. into this. And the third uh, IVF cycle took, but then I had uh, five weeks into it, I had a horrible horrible, horrible miscarriage that landed me in the hospital with emergency surgery. They thought I was having an ectopic pregnancy. I wasn't. They removed a fallopian tube, (gasps) and they were like, oops, didn't need to do that. Sorry. (gasps) So then I'm down a fallopian tube. I mean, it was everything that could have gone wrong. This is like an episode of Grey's Anatomy. This is. I feel like we should be throwing out some medical terms that I don't know how to pronounce. Where is Meredith Grey? She's my best friend, Meredith Grey. Yes, seriously. So the point is this. Anything that could go wrong went wrong when a doctor looks at you and basically says um i've never seen this before <laughs> that's usually not a good sign no. and there were other things that happened that he had never seen before and it was just a disaster holy shit i'm first of all i'm sorry because well, no hey, matter no matter know. what going through all of that is really it, like you said it's 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 life-changing it's yeah. mind-blowing too because you're on all these different hormones you're also grieving you're you said you paid so in massachusetts oh, I, yeah. I was and we said we kind of talked about this last week yeah. Where, like, I was really lucky. I was on health insurance where my kids were my co-pays. And, yeah. and the medicine and the hormones were actually more expensive than my kids. I hate, well, I mean, not then, not now. Yeah. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, super expensive children. Um, <laughs> but but for the most part, though, like, I was really lucky. So you you had to pay. So what happened was this. So, you know, depending on what kind of most insurance. Most people do. Yeah, what most people in the country do. In Massachusetts, we're very lucky that we don't. But the type of insurance that I was on at the time did not – the plan did not pay, right? So that was just what I had been on at the time. Now, uh, as I got into the process, we ended up changing insurance. So there was a portion of it that ended up being paid for. But I was still out tens of thousands oh, yeah. of dollars. So that's why I do have a golden uterus. Um, <laughs> it's on the stock market under Kim's uterus. Kim's you can trade fancy. shares of Kim's golden fancy uterus. Um, the But, you know – Here's the thing. It took me a long time. I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm ha- I'm yucking it up, and I'm having a conversation with you, and I'm not breaking out into tears. It took me a long time to be able to come to terms with the yeah. fact that, you know what? Maybe this is my path, that I'm not sure. going to have children, and that's okay. And And there's beauty in that. There's a lot of celebration in that. And I feel very strongly about the fact that I really think – the paths that I have ended up on in life with my two vibrant, vibrant businesses, yep. right? The fact that I'm doing what I'm doing today, I may not have been able to do that right. had I had children. Now, please, do not misunderstand me. There's plenty of women out there that are doing it all, and yes. God love you, and I applaud you, and I celebrate you. What I'm trying to say is I would like to be a champion 
for child-free women, whether it's child-free by choice or child-free not by choice. And I would like to really be the person who is the champion for those women to be able to celebrate their choices. I love that. And what I also really want to do is I want to be the person who helps spread the message about how you should have and navigate that conversation with child-free women. Yes. So that you understand the things to talk about and the, ch- the, the questions to ask and not to ask. But more importantly, how to react Yes. How to react to child-free women. Because guess what? You don't know their story. You don't. You don't know anybody's story. No, about anything. And and going through what you went through with IVF and what you went through, and I think we talked about this last week, where... You're going. You have the the shots and the hormones and the and the husband who who's terrified of shots and all that. That somebody who sees you, you know, in the store and and thinks, oh, she's just a miserable person. It's like you don't know what this person is dealing with on a day to day basis, just trying to have a baby or dealing with cancer or any of that. And yeah. like nobody, everyone. Sorry, I'm going on a rant now. That's but, okay. like, rants, people baby. Rants. Make assumptions. Oh my and, gosh, yeah. And I think that for me, at least, I mean, I want the tools to know what to say um, to, you know, have this conversation with somebody who doesn't have kids. And, and tender. I mean, you know, I talk about Anna all the time. My youngest daughter has Down syndrome. That's a whole other story. And when I tell people, a lot of people's reaction is, oh. I know, right? And it's like, the Come deep on. side. Like, no, you said an and awesome even the doctor, even the doctor when she was born said, "I'm so sorry." And it was like, "Why?" Like, you know what? So many opportunities have happened have come my way because of Anna being Anna. Yeah. Or this is the path because Anna is Anna. And to celebrate so, that path. And to celebrate that path. Absolutely. Exactly. So. Yeah, so I I heard um, one of the most profound and pivotal moments happened for me uh, a couple of years ago when I was at the Massachusetts Conference for Women. Yay. I was listening to, there's a wonderful comedian. Her name is Maysoon Zaid. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. I have not, but I will go look. She's from the Middle East. She she lives in New Jersey, but she's from the Middle East, and she has cerebral palsy. And so she was one of the speakers, and she's hilarious, and she really embraces her situation with cerebral palsy. Um, but one of the things that she said really resonated with me, and I say it all the time, which is, you don't other women have to stop judging other women for their choices right whether they work don't work stay at home don't stay at home have children don't have children married not married you know gay not gay i don't care what your choice is women have to stop judging other women for their choices and and she said because you don't know what that woman went through that morning maybe that woman miscarried that morning right and i stopped in my tracks because i said to myself oh i just got the chills i that's exactly what happened to me that morning that I had miscarried, and you have to go about your day. And nobody talks about miscarriage. Nobody talks about we're it. We're going to come back to that. Right? But nobody, yeah. nobody talks about it. And then, you know, you're out, and you're getting a coffee, and you're thinking to yourself, I don't, how do I, I, I need can't. cream. I don't know. Like, I what? Cry. I gotta, you know. And then somebody is, ju- you know, what Carrie just said, like, somebody's judging you because you look like you're in the worst mood. You don't know what happened to that woman that morning. And I'm not just talking about children and miscarrying. I'm yeah. talking about anything. Anything. Right? anything. Yeah. So you you asked, um, not to hijack, but you had asked something, I want to know what the tools are, what the questions are. So my number one pet peeve in the world, if you take anything away from this podcast, please take this. (laughs) Audience, whoever's listening. Pause, write it down. Ready, here we go. Please do not lead with the following. Hi, nice to meet you. Hi, how are you? Hi. How old are your children? Oh, brutal. Yeah. If I could write uh, across, you know, the, yeah. the your right, beautiful breast that she's touching right, right now. And if I could have like a, a T-shirt, like in the 80s when they used to get the fun T-shirts made, if it could say, please don't lead, but don't ask me how old my children are. 
It's a presumptuous yeah, question. Absolutely. Now, you can ask me if I have children. I mean, that's annoying yeah. anyway, but it's a natural it's question. It's a natural question. I'm not going to begrudge you because you asked me if I had children. That's a natural question. I could ask you, are you married? And you might not be married. I could ask you if you work and you don't work. I understand that. But don't ask it in a presumptuous way. Does right. everybody understand the difference? Yeah. Because yep. it's massive. Well, yep. it's massive. And if you think about it, too, when you go back to, oh, okay, you just got married. So one of the babies coming. It's very parallel. Same. People are assuming, A, Same. maybe you didn't want children. Right. And there's plenty of those women. I actually read a thread on Reddit recently. And I read it because I was so curious. It was about child-free women who, by choice, and how judged they get and it was very interesting to me i'm like wow and i can't say i've never judged i just i don't remember i'm not a judgy person like in my life it's just i'm open to pretty much anything that won't hurt and but i i can't get over the correlation there because so many people like when i was going through ivf who didn't know me well enough to be like oh when are the babies coming? You're like, fuck you, dude. You don't even know what you're asking me. So hard. It's so laced with so it's charged. Laced, it's yes. charged with so many different energies, right? Yeah. Negative, emotional, it, positive. And people are posting I mean, you know, I'm gonna ask a very candid question. Are is it hard when um for I mean, for both of you I mean, I know like okay, I lost my dad years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Father's Day. Sucks. And I'm sorry. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I also celebrate my husband and and his dad and anyway and all the dads out there. But when people are posting stuff about their kids, happy National Daughters Day, happy National Sons Day, you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day. How does it feel? How does that? I mean, how does that feel? Yeah, well, it's a great question. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something. Not to make you feel worse. No, I, no, I'm in such a great space. You have yeah. no idea. Like I'm in honestly, such a great space. That's like, why I brought you. Yeah, here. I mean, this is about celebratory. Discussions. Absolutely. It, it, for sure yeah. it is. And I hope and to be. education. And education. I hope to be on more national stages to be able to talk about this. I hope exact, to be holding your hand. Well, you will be <laughs> with really good shoes on. Oh, yeah. Um, I have six nieces and I cherish them. I celebrate them. And two of them are my brother's children. And my brother and I are very close. It's just the two of us. And those two children lived, you know, a 10-minute walk from my house. And when I say that they're like my children, they are. I just don't have to pay for college, which is really <laughs> awesome. fabulous. Nice. Um but they truly, I mean, I, when they hurt, I hurt. When they celebrate, I celebrate. And I couldn't, I couldn't love them any more than if they were my own biological children. And I hope that you can understand that. Being an aunt is an incredibly powerful thing. And for all the, out, for all the panks out there, the proud aunt, no kids, P-A-N-K. <laughs> oh, okay. For all the panks out like there, that. I am going to get a t-shirt that says panks. Um, for all my panks out there, we, we we need to be able to celebrate that as well because, you know, my best friend uh, Jennifer once said to me something very powerful. She said, I thank God for the role you play in my children's lives all the time because my children can never get everything they need from their parents. Absolutely. They need to have outside people, influences that they can be able to turn to. You know, when the kid you know gets in trouble for the first time they don't want to call their parents they want to call their pank right (laughs) they they want to call their kick-ass pank right so um the thing that is hard i will tell you so we just bonded over the fact that we both went to sister summer camps and we probably we know all the same people and her husband and i know and blah 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 jew thing we played jewish geography (laughs) four seconds we the world became very small (laughs) um as it does um one of the hardest things i have found which is interesting for me is believe it or not when kids are going to college and, and people camp. are posting in camp. Oh. Yeah. For some reason, it's college and camp 
And I don't know what, maybe because camp was such a huge part of my yeah, life. Absolutely. That one's tough for me. Oh yeah. my, oh my, you know what? I can, I, yeah. when you said that, I felt a pang in my stomach because camp was very important to me too. Yeah. And college, it's a rite of passage. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, but well, I'll celebrate and, that with my yeah. nieces. Sure. But it's just, it's not the same thing, I guess. Yeah. You know? No, I get, I, yeah. And I get it only because Anna, like Anna's not going to go to camp that I grew up going to right. and her sister's. And she, and hopefully she'll go to college, but she may not. So. And that's okay. And well, that's okay. Well, the world okay, is changing, yes. too. And can, yes. I, can I comment on something Carrie said? Absolutely. Because this is really interesting. So Open forum, honey. I had a really, this is slightly off topic, but yet so on topic. Oh, we always do this. I had, I had an amazing experience recently that happened. Um, a friend, I was visiting with a friend of mine who just opened up a new business, and she uh, kind of proactively said to me, uh, just so you know, because again, when you don't have kids and you're not in the same sports circles and school circles and what everybody's doing with the carpools and the this, you know, you're a little out of the loop in that in Absolutely. that regard. Um, she said, just so you know, my daughter uh, now identifies as my son, and you know, and she went into it, and I said, Mazel Tov. Yeah. That was my reaction. Good for you. I was so happy for her. Like that's yeah. fantastic. To embrace it, and she nearly wept because she said. Oh my gosh, you will never know how much that reaction means to me. She says, because so many yeah. people, like you said, Carrie, their first reaction is, I'm sorry. Oh. And it's it's like, oh. really? I mean, oh my yeah. no, first of all, it's... your kid is figuring out who they are and, well, and, and it's taking and steps it's, to be happy. There you go. And it's, yeah. and it's, there you go. And it's quote unquote accepted. Like we talked last yeah. week too, Dr. Yeah. Riley said a few times, in my day, in my generation, this never would have happened. Good. For her son. These conversations These wouldn't conversations, be They would have been yeah. in the closet. They would have, you know what I mean? I mean, their life would have been much more difficult. So that really resonated yeah. with me, what you said about your daughter. Yeah. yeah. If the doctor had only said, congratulations, congratulations. You, have you have a beautiful, beautiful baby, baby girl. girl. Not yeah. what you planned, but you're going to give her the best life possible. There you go. And you have, Carrie. I, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I was in her bed at two in the morning rubbing her foot because it hurt. I was like, go the fuck to sleep. Here's the go thing. The fuck to sleep. You know what Dr. Riley said? The, the definition of a family is if they're loved. Yes. And clearly they oh, are. Yes. And they're so. thriving. Oh, yes. And yeah. And she's cl- and her foot feels better. Well, yeah. And I, mean, and, I, and I just have to share this one quick story about her just because yesterday I also got a call from her um, her one-on-one, her aide, yep. who said, Anna's in the nurse. She's been complaining of like back pain and cramps. I'm like, oh, God. She's <gasps> hearing that from her older sisters. She oh. doesn't. <laughs> I was like, and oh my god! I'm like, god, no. She's she's 11. So I mean, I'll, it could happen, but she's only right. okay. Anyway, so I they're like, maybe you should pick her up. So I go and I find her in the nurse's office, and she's lying, la- lounging, not lying, <laughs> lounging on one of the nurse beds in a blanket, lying on a heating pad. She, people waiting on her. She is milking the milk in the system. And I bring her home, and she like disappears and goes and plays. And I hear her singing and dancing. I'm like, she's you little shit. Yeah, you know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> you got sucked into that. Sister. Anyway, that's yeah. my story. Yeah, that. But oh, but totally. But the but the thing is, regardless of of any of this, just bringing it back is that we're accepting. Yes, and yeah. we're. And we're open Stop. to learning. Yeah. Well, you women stop need thinking to be, it's such a bad thing. Thank you. Yes. Women just need to be a little bit more open and more accepting. And here's when you and I went for lunch. Yep, Deb. Um, the interesting thing was, you know, the community in which I live is an incredibly family-oriented community. I live in Winchester. I grew up in Winchester. I did move to Manhattan for ten years, so people don't think I didn't. Leave, <laughs> she never left. No, I left. Oh, people. I, yeah. I lived my best life totally. in Manhattan. Trust, I trust understand. me. I love Manhattan, um, but I came back to Winchester because my whole family it's a great is there. Town. It's an amazing yeah. town, and I so many people, you know, with whom I grew up are back. But 
it's such a family-oriented town that the presumption, of course, is why would you live here if you didn't, if you didn't have children? <laughs> right. Why and I'm thinking, well, because my, your family. My, why would you pay taxes there? But w- my life is there. Yeah. So live where your life is, right? Absolutely. So it's just, again, you, you know, you're, you're at the party and someone says, you know, how old are your children? And, and it's I get it because you live in Winchester. And, and you make my, that assumption. That's all. Yeah. I get it. But you just got to be more careful, people. Well, well and, careful. and that's the thing. And, and you have to be more careful. You have to be understanding. Not careful. You know, I'm going to correct us. Not careful, more thoughtful. 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 Ooh, Not I careful, like that. More thoughtful. Yeah, be That's more all. thoughtful. More aware. Well, and you know what, though? You said, just going back to like, so it didn't work. Didn't and work. you are in this amazing place. You do have two amazing careers. You use both sides of your brain, which is just impressive. As a creative who hates mm-hmm. math, yeah. who is in charge of several, you know, wedding budgets, it's fine. I mean, I've, my spreadsheets are great, but like you ask me anything in geometry and my daughter is in fourth grade and asked me a question and, and I couldn't answer it recently. So, but, but that's the thing. You use both sides of your, of your brain. You have a financial practice, you're an MC, you're a keynote, you're dynamic and you're awesome. How, after this experience, how did you get yourself out of that space? Because every time I didn't get pregnant, I would have sushi, cigarettes, and sake. Mm-hmm. And sorry, I know smoking's bad, but it's just what the fuck I had to do. It was mm-hmm. like all the things that they I don't couldn't have if I was pregnant. It was like my fuck you to the to the man, essentially, to the universe, being like, why? Why didn't this happen for me? And, and you go in this very dark place, and that coupled with the fact that you're on all these stupid ridiculous hormones Ugh, the hormones compounds how you feel so how did you how, two two parts how were you able to kind of dig out and how were you able to move forward um number one i'd like to credit my husband with a lot of this because my husband really turned to me and said i'll go on whatever journey you want to go on right if you want to oh. do this again i'll do it with you if you don't want to do this again that's fine with me uh, another thing that pe- to sidetrack for one second sure. because you and i talked about this at lunch as well another thing that is the worst uh, second worst question you can ask. Take notes, everybody. Why don't you just adopt? Uh-huh. That's like the worst uh, possible thing. Because uh, guess what? I applaud. Choice. That's my choice, that's and my I choice. applaud anybody who adopts. I have so many friends who are adopted, and God, I'm so glad that they were adopted. And God bless you if you want to adopt. That's not what my husband and I wanted to do. We wanted to have a child that was a little piece of the both of us. The that biological, was the biological piece of it. That was our choice. Back to your original question, which is. I think it really revolves around acceptance. So sure. when my husband was like, look, I'll go on any journey you want to do, right? If you want to do this again, we'll do it again. If you don't want to do it again, that's okay with me. I just want to be with you. And I think what happened was I reached a point in our marriage. You have to realize we got married. I had cancer, couldn't get pregnant, went through you know a shit storm with, with IVF, and it failed. And basically, that was pretty much my whole marriage up oh. until that point. How many years combined was that? Oh, God. I mean... Oh, geez. I mean, I've been married now 17 years in a couple of weeks. So, God, like 8, 10, 12, oh a lot of years, people. Shit. Right? It's a lot of years. So my point is this. I think I just kind of woke up and said, you know what? I'm done. Might just be nice to be married and enjoy being married to another human and, like, free up your mind space yeah. and, like, kind of get on with your life. Absolutely. It was a, an acceptance proposition I mm-hmm. sort of okay. made to myself. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that I didn't go through a bunch of chocolate and, and nonsense. <laughs> I probably – and maybe bought some questionable shoes. But, but you know, whatever. Ju- your what judgment abs, was off. What your judgment. <laughs> but my point is I think it was a mental acceptance situation for me. Sure. And, and once I sort of 
really started to celebrate and stop mourning it. You have to mourn. You, you have gotta to grieve mourn. and you gotta mourn people because if you don't do that and you shut down, then you can't move on. You can't move on. But I've really reached a place in my life where I look around and I go, oh my God, look at all the fun I'm having. Look at what I'm doing. I mean, can't you tell it by listening to it? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a really happy person. I know. And it's not because I don't have kids. Please don't misunderstand me. It's because I'm just accepting the fact that my life looks this way. It's my life. And I'm just, I'm going to celebrate it. Good for you. And I will tell you too that Chris and I, kind of like the same thing. We moved to the suburbs of Boston and we were living in the house, and we're like, oh, let's try and have a baby. And then it wasn't working, wasn't working, wasn't working. We're like, well, why the fuck are we going to be in the suburbs when we can be in Boston? You know, like, Chris and I decided if we weren't going to get pregnant, we we're going to sell the house, move to the city, and get a dog. And I swear that is when I let myself off the hook. I got pregnant the next month. So for me, too, I was putting so much stress pressure. and pressure yeah. to get <clears throat> pregnant and to kind of live this dream, I, you know, I eloped and I'm a wedding planner and I have a really, really lovely life. Like, why can't I have this piece of it? And it was stressing me out. And also, too, I mean, I was working like 70, 80 hours, too. I wasn't really being kind to myself. And we we went away and we kind of had this, like, come to Jesus conversation. And we're like, all right, fuck it. Like, we're going to give it. I think insurance gave us like six rounds. Mm-hmm. If you're willing to go through that money, honestly, oh, right? God that, love you. Yeah, that's a mind. God fuck. bless. <laughs> Serious mind fuck on many levels. So, like, if you're willing to go through that, and then you, it doesn't, you don't end up with a baby. Then you're like, all right, you know what? I am done. I'm closing this chapter, mm-hmm. and my plan B, C, D, E, and F, is to move into the city and get a dog, dual income, no kids, eat at awesome fancy restaurants, travel. and join a stupid yeah. expensive gym and travel, and like. That And once I said, okay, my life will look like this after, and that life is pretty fucking awesome, sometimes I dream about that life. Like, I love my babies, but I'm like, <laughs> there are days I'm like, I wonder how that would have looked. <laughs> you know what I mean? You want to know what my new mantra is? <laughs> and if you take this mantra, you can actually apply it to anybody's situation. Ooh, tell me. My mantra is, okay, my life may not look the way I thought yes. it was going to look, but the way that it looks is pretty awesome. That's where the acceptance is. Yes. I don't know many people whose life looks exactly the way they thought it was going to look. I mean, <laughs> and if it does, how boring is that? For heck's sake, people. I'm a financial advisor. so like, <laughs> You that should just, suck. Right? So here's the thing. If you ever, like when you knew me growing up, anybody would be like, well, that's not what she's going to be when she grows up. And here I am 17 years later with a very vibrant practice. My Miles and Heels Productions business was born out of me being an advisor, meaning had I not become an advisor, I wouldn't have been entrepreneurial enough to to be able to To launch my... So my point is the paths that you go down are there for reasons. Yep. And there are influences and things that happen in your life. So that really is my mantra. It doesn't look the way I thought it was going to look, but you know what? It's pretty awesome. It is. Very true. And you should you should hear Kim speak. Like, yeah. I, I, I met Kim at the Metro West Women's Conference in Boston area and truly, like, went up to her after. I'm like, well, also, there is a joke between my my good friends, Corin and Erica. They're like, go meet her so we can all be friends and go out for cocktails. And I said, okay, well, I'm done. Gonna, I'm, I'm like, but I'm like, can I also meet her? Because she's pretty cool and I love her fucking shoes. And just, and so I went up and I'm like, hey, I, I'm like, we got, hi. It was we got, like, we got to know each other. It was pretty epic. It was pretty epic. Yeah. It was, it was really cool. And like, we hugged. And I'm like, okay. And then I go back to Corin and Erica. And I'm like, okay, 
I did it. Score. We're good. We're Score. good. And I got digits. I got I got her digits. I felt, oh my God, you're right, Carrie. I felt like that guy. <laughs> yeah. You were that guy. I or was girl. that guy. And I loved it. I was I was whatever I was I was identifying with at that yeah, time. At that moment. <laughs> yes. You yes. know? It's so true. Whatever. I used the men's bathroom the other day in a restaurant because there was a line for the ladies you're and like, oh, I was like, you, you know, know what? You're doing it. Oh fuck that. Noise. You're doing it's it. It's a single stall. You know what? I dare you to say something to me. Truly. <laughs> I cut that line all the time. Oh, my God. That's so dumb. Like, ugh. No, this anyway. this topic is so important. I'm so glad that you had asked me to do this because the whole bitchless bride and beyond situation is, you know, you, you talked to me that you're really excited about the beyond piece of this, which yes. is that there's so many things beyond when you get married. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's it's so it's so ripe. <laughs> Can we just talk? We could just do it. Should I we just start staying away? married? I'll just, <laughs> I could just sleep over at the podcast oh garage God. and I could just do a podcast a day. You right? know what I mean? Um, because it, it, it's so true, but this one, it's a biggie and, um, I'm really, I'm proud. You I'm proud be. to be yeah. a champion for, for child-free women. I was speaking at a local chamber of commerce the other day. Um, and I, I use the word childless in my discussion Ooh. and a woman came up to me and, and very politely corrected me. And she said, I think you should use the word child-free. Oh. And I said, oh, that's a really interesting distinction. And I didn't think about, afterward, I thought about it a lot. Because of the less. Correct. The less. I am not less than. Less. Right. Well, it's like the word disability. That's which, right. Ugh. But you're not cancer-less. You're cancer-free. Right. And, yeah. you know, full of ability and just right. a different, it looks a little bit different. Yeah, it looks I, different. I still use, things. somewhat use the word, but. It's tough, right? Re- re-education is tough. But it think is. about all the things that we've been re-educated about, oh, right? The climate. Uh, I don't even get me started. Oh you know God. all the things we have to be reeducated. Oh, yeah. I just don't want to offend anyone. Like that's always well, it's yeah. hard. You know what I mean? It, I really look, it's hard. Yeah. Look, there's a pendulum. Yes. People sometimes it swings too far one way or the other. I'm like all about a happy medium, right? But the pendulum, like everybody needs to get a little bit off of yes. their high horse about every single thing. I'm not like sitting here like beating a drum. I'm just telling you, please be a little bit more aware and thoughtful. Yes. yes. You know, I'm not going to take your head off if you ask me if you know how old my kids Where are. Your I'm baby. Just, yes. just asking you to not also look at me like I have foreheads when I answer the question that I don't have any children. Like, that would be nice. Like, yeah, small exactly. baby steps. Yeah. No, no pun intended. You know what? Like, people just don't know how to what react. To do. They I don't know. know what to say. It's it's the same. Like, education. Even even doctors don't always know what to say. Oh, God, even, yeah. you know, professionals don't always know what to say. So the more we can educate. That's right. Well, that's um, why I had David on. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I loved oh. it. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Because, <laughs> because he's got both. He was, if you he didn't listen to that mortified. podcast, go listen to that podcast. Oh, it was he, hilarious. Just, yeah, he kept saying, "Oh, my parents are ruling over in their grave." Oh my! You know what's so funny? I'm hold on. I'm looking funny at an email. I, no, but you know what? The best thing about Deb is how real and authentic yes. she. She's not going to change who she yes. is for the sake of a podcast. No, I really dig authentic people. Yes. I'm an like what you see is what you get. Like this is it, people. Yes. If you're not my cup of tea, that's your yeah, problem. That absolutely. if I'm not your cup of tea, that's your problem, not right. mine. But I love that she kept it real in the podcast, and I love that he was embarrassed by it. So you got to go listen to that podcast with oh, Nick. Thank so you. Funny. And he you know, it's great. he kept bringing up his his his, speech, his parents, and he's he emailed me this morning. He's like, I just listened. Did he hear My from poor them? parents, comma may they rest in peace. <laughs> and then he said, Thank you so much. Your advocacy is commendable. See. And so what we're talking, he said, it's it's so important to make such a serious and anxiety laden topic a little less intimidating. You got to be light and airy, right? You know, you, one thing you. You said on your podcast the other day that I thought was, it really resonated with me. I, humor is my jam, yo. Okay, so <laughs> I can we can we like we gotta where's, where's trademark the that tagline. <laughs> humor is my jam, yo. Yo, like comma yo, yo. Jesse Hickman. 
You know, no. every, everything I do is laced with a, what I call appropriate humor, meaning I don't make things that are serious, you know, funny for the sake of it. My, it's a, it, it's a good, you've got to yeah. laugh at yourself or you will die crying. Yes. And I love the fact that you were talking about the stand-up comedy in the waiting room. I'm so down with that. <laughs> you and I are going to go and we're going to sit with two stools and cocktails and we're going to do stand-up comedy in the waiting room. We're available for hire people for all the IVF places all over. Oh my God, that would be amazing. I would be on the IVF tour with you in two seconds. The IVF, the IVF tour. tour. Right? Oh because here's God. the thing. It's not a morgue. Please God, it's, it's not a morgue. It's not but a fucking it's, morgue. It's not a morgue. It can be a place for hope and if you don't just lighten your mood a little bit, you're in insides need to work get a little humor in your life get a little lightness it's, in your life well you know? it's like someone needs to fart loudly in that oh in that waiting room. like do you know what i mean like well, leave like, it to me like, i could do that for you me That'd too be, yeah. like embarrassingly enough side note like i i was leaving to come here and i like leaned <laughs> into my freezer to get ice for my water bottle and i was like oh my god i think i smell i had to <laughs> I, i'm not even joking i had to and i blame fucking ivf sorry dr riley but i feel like all of those hormones and after my kids like something changed in me oh, and i was like i smell like onions like i We're gotta go old. change my shirt i had We're to getting, change my shirt you probably had a dirty shirt on it's not you yeah, it's from a shirt. did you make whose shirt was it before whose shirt was did it you, if you if you were cooking whatever you were cooking yeah, the night you before smell your, like onions. your fabric I've never yeah, smelled you smell i've like known you for two seconds and i would tell you if you no, like I've been so. very close with you. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I do get sweat circles the size of like That's my okay. whole head, but like, you're like I didn't think I like smell even that after bad. boxing. You don't smell. Oh, like I don't onions. think you need to worry. Don't worry. Okay. I mean, I'm of just, all the list no. of things you should there worry was, about, I don't think that's the one of yeah, them. You know I like what to mean? blame us. Some yeah, don't, there don't was something in the freezer that was onions. <laughs> right. I, I was like, oh like, my god. That's what you're smelling. Yeah. It was really yeah. Yeah, I'll give you a few. Yeah, nice try. Yeah. Oh my god. Let's see what else you guys are like my my soul sisters, man. Thank you. I'm heckling you on your first stand up. I, I, well, no, and you know what, though? But I'm doing do. it. I the was IVF just tour. Say, We're totally doing that it. That is amazing. And for, well, and, and the thing is about the way Hashtag room, it's not a morgue. It's not a morgue. That's what is happening. Hashtag it's not a morgue. Hashtag celebrate the life you have. There you go. And the other side of it, it's like, you literally have a built-in support system that you're wasting. Totally. And like, if there was some other, I, I mentioned last week that there was like a, like some woman, she was like from California or something that she, she literally offered me a banana, which I just thought was weird on so many levels, but it was like kind of ironic. Like I could use a banana that works, but it wasn't Chris. It was, no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> but like, but she was friendly. And, yeah. she, and like when everyone's sitting there and you go in the waiting room and no one's like, making eye no contact. one's making eye contact and you're just like we all can't get knocked up for whatever fucking reason we all need help this is kind of funny Do right you, what? you don't watch I'm sorry have you seen I'm sorry I keep ha- season, I have to I'm going so season to. one they there was an episode about them going to check their stuff um, like for their stuff, stuff to, their systems. to see if they could have <laughs> true dad could true dad so they're in the waiting room, and she's timing all the guys. Oh, my, oh God. my God. That's brilliant. She's like, he took 12 minutes. He took 11 minutes. He took That's 10 minutes. Brilliant. Yeah, timing all it. It's a really funny show. But what, yeah. what was the doctor's name? I'm sorry. Yes, the other Dr. Day. Riley. Okay, Dr. Riley. I'm now speaking to Dr. Riley, and your parents aren't listening. Um, and Amanda. It was Amanda. Amanda. Right? Okay. Rockstar. We're coming to Boston IVF, and we are doing stand-up in the, in the waiting room. We're just going to bring two stools. I'll bring munchkins. Oh, my. Oh. And we're just going to make people smile. 
I'm well, telling you, that's what well, we're and gonna like, do. And, and have, and maybe even have like an or open forum, like to say, what, what are you afraid of? Like, what what's are you going on in your mind? Like, let, let me let me help you get through this so that you know this isn't so scary. Yes, or if the person's there for the first time, be like, hey, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. But it's not that bad. Like, I'm, you know, I'm there for you. I, I think it's genius. I think we could totally Let's do, do this. I'm so down. I mean, for this. I literally like I, <laughs> one of my favorite stories. Meanwhile, he's dying. Right? He's like, you're he's not coming like, anywhere no. near my waiting room. Is security? This security. Yeah. Get these two crazy bitches out of here they've had too much (laughs) either booze or 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 elsewise something they're stoned off their ass um one of my favorite stories is it's kind of like you also have to be comfortable in your your own skin like for me i always used i'd rather go to the dentist than the the gynecologist and now in like in my life now it's so reverse like i hate the dentist but well i have to admit something so here here's so if we're talking about the other side i will admit this okay um i do have a little bit of ptsd Yes. Um, when I have to get my annual or the five-year or whatever the heck you do it, whenever you do it. My poor PCP, you know, that uh, that, pap, that pap smear is uh, – I do have some PTSD. Wow. I'm, I'm being very honest about that. Because there were more people camped out inside of oh me. Oh, my God. With utensils. With utensils. And yeah. It, it, um, I'm not going to say it on the air, but anybody who knows me knows that I have a famous saying that I coined, and I'm not going to do oh, it on the air. Yuck. But um, – but anyway, my point is, is that sadly, yep. I do have a little bit of PTSD, but I also have a little bit of PTSD because I've just had a lot of medical procedures. I mean, again, as you cancer. remember from the beginning of the story, yep. I spent a lot of time in the hospital. Hi, cancer. Hi. How radioactive are you? Hi, iodine. Slit your throat open and then drink radioactive iodine and be sequestered. Oi. for You know, everybody has their story. That was and, a full oy vey. Yeah, oy. 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 But, you know, everybody has their story, sure. and I'm very lucky. You know, there are a lot of people who have a lot worse stories than I. But you know what? Uh, another girlfriend always said to me, your story is your story, though. You're entitled so you're, to it's, it. You're entitled to it, and you're entitled to feel it, and it's entitled to be big for you. And it might be smaller than somebody else's, but it's big for you. Yeah. And fair. women also need to understand that as well. Well, and women, and, and that's the thing, we we try and make everything better and sometimes it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. And it, and it's funny that you said that cuz for my like when I um before I got to the IVF portion, we briefly touched on this last week about the inseminations, the IUIs. See, I skipped over all that See, completely because I was older. I, yeah. Well, and I probably I started this with like at age 31. Yeah. And so I had to go through the IUIs, which is really where they take quote unquote clean semen and then put it directly in your uterus and so i just remember and i bet i'm gonna coin your phrase because everyone and their mother has seen my pussies that that's kind of what i say (laughs) well that's not my phrase everybody (laughs) just fyi (laughs) but the but the funny thing was i remember and i learned something so (laughs) she really likes that word i do love that word pussy is empowering i i I don't like that no we're gonna get you to like it by the end of the show yeah should i use cunt no. Oh. <laughs> now, yeah, now I can't. It, now me. you have to edit that because I can't. Now I can't share this podcast. Yes, you can. No, that's not yes, a good you word. Can. You no, need, don't use it. It's powerful. It's a powerful word. She's cringing. Oh it. no. All right. Well, we'll have okay. a conversation. But anyway, so I'm laying there and I'm going through like my millionth IUI, and the weirdest part about it is there's a windmill on the fucking ceiling, like literally, because you're like flat on your back. Like at least at your gyno, you're kind of like angled at a 45 yeah. degree yeah. angle. So, but you're like flat on your back because you ha- like your hips almost have to be like almost like you're doing a perfect sit up. Yes. Right. And so you're laying there, and that they're like, oh well, we have a new fellow coming in. Oh. Do you care if she <laughs> watches? And that. That's where my coin, I was like, Ugh, everyone else see my pussy. That's totally fine. And it was like, so she starts explaining what's going on. I'm like, oh my, oh my God. 
I don't ever want to know what you're doing. Right, just, right, just right. do it. Just, right, just do it. Right. But the one thing I did learn is like I always felt like the speculum, for some reason at the OB, and like Ugh. it sucks, but it's not, it, it's 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 not terrible. When you go through an IUI, they don't use lubrication. So the one thing I learned on the way out was actually worse than the way in because it felt like someone okay. was slowly pulling oh, a knife out. We've taken a turn. Right? Oh. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, those are the kind of stories where if you ha- if you don't have humor, and she's oh, sitting yeah. here describing what's going on in my nether regions, and I'm like having epiphanies and staring at that fucking windmill. What I will say, though, is... Kim's on the floor. I know. I really really want to share this, everybody, but some of these words were not mine. Okay, fine. So there, there. That's our hashtag. These are not my words. Yeah, these are not my words. Um, But I do love you, and that's the thing. You're just being your real self, and I applaud you. Um, (laughs) That's a big hashtag. I'm not judging. I'm just commenting. Um, No, but one real quick thing I just want to say. What I think is very powerful about this is I want other women who are either thinking about experiencing this in the middle of experiencing this or have experienced it for the better or for the worse to reach out to other friends who have experienced it so that you can find your posse, find your peeps, you know, your best friends are awesome. But if they didn't go through this, she said posse, not pussy. No, I said pussy posse. No. Yeah. Well, okay. That I I might be able to get down with that, but pussy willow, but this, you gotta find, you gotta find your people because they're the only people who understand it. Well, and that, and that's when we had lunch a few weeks ago, it was interesting because that's actually one of the things we talked about is, and it's actually like one of my last questions is kind of like the best way to discuss IVF with your friends and family because you how to confront like con- comfort the person going through it whether it be miscarriages or unsuccessful but also to be able to be like I ended up meeting people who had gone through IVF it was actually like a like a kids group like after yeah. I had Molly I took her to like a little play date group and we kind of went around and told our stories and all four of us went through IVF yeah and I thought that was powerful. And it's like, then you have this new appreciation. We looked around after we had the play date we went to for pizza or something. And you look around the table and you go, oh, my God, they we they know. They know. And there's there was some sort of peace in that. There's peace in it. And there's an immediacy of acceptance. Yep. And there's immediacy of empathy. Yeah, so big, big word, word, everybody, empathy. <laughs> you know, I don't expect you to understand the journey I went on. I don't expect you to be empathetic to it unless you went on it yourself. I would like you to be sympathetic to it, but I don't want you to pity me. I want you to celebrate me the way I'm celebrating me. And it took me a really long yes. time to get here. But the fact that I'm here on a podcast yes. with questionable language. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the fact <laughs> oh, that no, I'm, it is questionable. The, no, it's always questionable. The fact that I'm here on a podcast talking about the fact that I'd like to be a champion for yes. childless people. Child-free. Not just women. Child-free. Child-free. Excuse Child-free. me. I meant to say, that's so funny. Psychologically, I was so hell-bent <laughs> on child-free that I went to the other one. For child-free people, not even women, child-free people. people. Like, I don't even care what your situation is. Yeah, but no one is. questions yeah. men usually. They don't, but you by know? the same token, you know, let's just all sing a little kumbaya. Couldn't we use a little more kumbaya oh God, in the world totally. today? Oh, my God. I really, <laughs> and I mummy, mean, help me. I know. It's like so, you know. But it's true. So it's a great it's a great topic. I applaud you for addressing you. it on your podcast. Um, I love your spirit about it. I love that we're able to laugh about it. I love that you have two beautiful children out of it and carry your beautiful child or children <laughs> or whatever your situation is. Like, I just love it. I love it all. And I just want everyone to know, just own your choices. Don't be apologetic for your choices. 
own your choices, celebrate them, and live your best life. I know that sounds trite. No. But no, but we it's- We totally it, agree. No, and we've, and Carrie and I have had pretty endless conversations, even without tequila, about- <laughs> Shocking. About this, seriously, sobering, truly sobering conversations yeah. about kind of like the cards you're dealt- uh, you know, and and it's funny, and this is going to be a future podcast for those of you who are interested in learning more about like the lives of children and how children can affect your career. Because mm-hmm. you just said like maybe you wouldn't be where you were, and for me, and I, I touched on this last week, but then I I'm actually going to build this a podcast about this. Is I love my children dearly, but they mandated having children fuck my career, mm-hmm. like it, like in a way that I never could have, never could have imagined. I'm sure there's. A million people who share that with you. Oh, my God. And then we talked about the fact that the topic of, you know, the topic of reentry and rediscovering your purpose and post-children. That's really hard. I'm coming back every week. You're going to come back, She's coming back to play. She's totally coming back to play. But it's it's true. And and it's like, you know, and and my children super wanted. So it wasn't even like, oh, shit, oops, I'm pregnant. Right. You worked at it. But I worked at it. Or the doctors did, like, behind the scenes. Um, But... It was more about, like, God, I really thought I was going to be able to, like, have Molly and then kind of drop back into my career, and that was not my path, and I didn't know it at the time. And Bitchless Bride saved me. I mean, she started off as just a hobby, truly just a cathartic place for me to write and kind of tongue-in-cheek and... And then it, thank God it morphed because that was my savior. And and my husband, I mean, I, I think he was like, eh. what the fuck? I don't even know what to do with you right now. You're crazy, bitch. And like, but he's like, okay, be crazy. Yeah. Like, be crazy. I love that you say that your hobby, I mean, so many women, you know, they've got these hobbies or side gigs that turn into something <laughs> extraordinary. And I just, I, that's another part of my message, which is. It, 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 it's not always a hobby, people. Sometimes it's, it's your calling. And you yeah. also need to look at it and go, should this be my calling? I'm right. really fucking good at it. Right. You know? I, right. <laughs> okay. I had a baking business for like two years. And the first year I lost like thousands on attorney's feet, whatever. Anyway. And then the next year I made like $187. And my <laughs> husband's like, oh, honey, I'm so <laughs> proud of you. And I realized... <laughs> It was not meant to be a business, but and that's okay. And that's the okay. IRS, the IRS defines business versus a hobby. If you go three years without making any profitable money, oh god, so right? there, there you go. Oh, but oh just, she just switched brands. I just did your little. Oh my god, she did. No, I knew that search. because so, I, there you yeah. go. Oh yeah. My god. Oh, it is. I will tell you, it's a, it's, it's really, it's a hard. <laughs> I mean, your cookies are really good. I mean, if it's any kind of, and those espresso Are those brownies. the cookies that I'm about yes. to have for oh, yeah. breakfast? Oh, you my made God. those cookies? Yes. I also And you get I the professional challah. boxes. Challah. Yeah. Oh, challah. Yeah. Challah. <laughs> but like selling a loaf of challah for 10 bucks is not going to make me a lot of money. Either I don't I know. Cheryl Ann would disagree with I you. I know, right? Say, That's very true. Let me tell you something. I've well, gained a few scales. LBs for Wait Cheryl Ann from Cheryl Ann. So are we going to go to Boston IVF do stand up and give up challah? Challah. Yeah. Um, I think we should do our next podcast at Cheryl Ann's. Is oh my god, that would do. be or amazing! Or in my kitchen. Or in, oh, I'm down. Baking with hey, Carrie. Have you ever had Cheryl Ann's chamantashen? No, <laughs> I've only had her challah, but I have to say mine's better. Sorry. Ooh. Oh no, she I believe mine. she just threw down in the challah. In the challah. Really, the other day I was really getting my the other good. day I was getting a pedicure and I heard two women who were talking and I clearly heard the and I looked over and I'm like, oh. Camp Tell No <laughs> you Jew- you Jewish? Did you go to camp with me? I mean, that doesn't happen every day, but you, you, you got to embrace it when it does. You know what I'm saying? That's a good question. Does that happen? <laughs> L'chaim is right. Does that happen to happen? 
<laughs> I swear to God, hey, that was an accident. Hey, everybody. Does that happen? Does, does that happen? Does that happen to people who aren't Jewish? I'm serious. Like, <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. I don't know. I really don't even like know. Christian like Christian um, geography? Not a, here's what it is. There's not a lot of us. That's the thing. True. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're, for people we're listening, all related. we're all related, and there's there's not a lot of us, and we all went to su- three summer camps, and you know, <laughs> and we all dated the same boys. So yes, th- that's the true. point is, or girls, <laughs> the point is, it's a small population. That's we all the, love Billy That's Joel. the difference. Oh, my God, I don't. Oh, something was, wrong with you, then. No, it was my first concert, I will don't say. Don't judge. I'm not judging. Don't judge. I do. This is a judgment-free zone. But... I do like the song Captain Jack because he said masturbate, and that's all that comes out. Oh my out. god! That's and on all... that note, of course. <laughs> on that note, masturbate. Let's wrap it up. That word alone. Speaking... But that... yeah. can we end on a different note? <laughs> yes. Let's... Thanks. Let's... <laughs> Just for oh, my sake. I can't have a cookie. No, yeah, have okay. a cookie. No, listen. So anyway, Kim, thank you. Thank you for real for being here. Like this is your story. <laughs> We Carrie's totally like, digress. What? We, we digress. can't stop laughing. We can't. It's hard. Sorry if we're annoying you right now. But um, truly, thank you for being here, sharing your story, being a child-free warrior. Thank you. And and truly, like you went through a ton of shit. It's nice to see that there's a, a delightful light at the end of the light tunnel. at the tunnel at the end of the tunnel. Success in your business, loving your husband or your sick other, whoever you are, with people. But it makes me so happy that you could share it i'm sorry for the post-traumatic stress and it's funny i mean i i have it a little i have it too we'll just we'll just go with that but yeah it is you know it's powerful and and if more women and trans and people who went through cancer and if gay straight whatever lgbtq talked about the uh the ivf journey yeah and how real it is and maybe how Dare I say normal it is? The good, the bad, and the ugly people. It true. I mean, it's yeah. tr- I wish more people would actually talk about their journey because then it would normalize it. So hopefully this will be a beacon for those and yes. it will open up the conversation. Can yeah. I ask, how can, do you want people to find you? And please, yes. Hundred percent. Please come visit me on all my social channels, but look me up at milesinheels.com. All my social channels, Kim Miles and Heels, uh, all of them. And I would love to talk to you. I would love to answer questions. Please do reach out to me. I'm an open book. And um, let's do this again, ladies. It was so fun. So and fun. what you're not saying, she's also one of the best MCs I've ever heard. I, I'm not, I'm like, I'm, Thank you. I'm, I'm truly, like, you're welcome, but like, no shit. Like, Thank it's, you. you were, I, I mean, the fact that I, I, the fact that I went up and introduced myself to you, I mean, it was, it was, you're dynamic, you're fun, and it, like you've got such a great light and energy. So. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, ladies. Thank, thank you, you, and thank you, Carrie. And again, oh, Nathan you. will be here for the next few episodes with Carrie us. Who? I can no, no, it's not <laughs> okay. like that. Okay. I can't wait to say shut up, Nathan. No, talk about judgment, Nathan. Yeah, you better listen to the end of this. Don't judge me. Um, anyway, thank you. You can find me at Bitchless Bride. Uh, Bitchless Bride and Beyond still is, is is like it exists, but I'm. You know, figuring out the socials in a good way, but so I'm still at Bitchless Bride. Hello at Bitchless Bride. If you have any ideas too that you want to hear us talking about, I am open. We've got like a great roster coming up of great guests, but I'm always open to suggestions, uh, hints, you know, anything you think that you don't want to hear from me too. I'll hear that. So thank you for listening. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Bye, Felicia.